Hey, this is Dr. Evans Kariuki. Welcome to Firebrand Nation. Your life will never be the same as you go through these teachings. These are teachings for soul winners. Here at Firebrand Nation, we believe that we are called to reach one soul every second. This podcast is designed for soul winners who hunger and thirst to see the lost come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let us uh, go straight into question and answer. It's Saturday. Question, answers, and comments. We will find a better uh, name for this segment. But question, answers, and comments. If you have a question, answer, or uh, or comment, or something, this is the time to do it. What does it mean? What does it mean when you hear the phrase Queen of the South? Queen of the South. The Queen of the South is a principality. That's a principality. The Queen of the South is a woman who rules over a region and rules with a strong arm. Rules with a very strong arm. Queen of the South. It's a principality. Also connected to things like the Queen of the Air, ETC. Pastor, I have a question. Yes, sir. In the Old Testament, it said that uh, there were Ten Commandments given out. Uh-huh. In, the, in the New Testament, in uh, Matthew 18, it only states six commandments. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that to me? So uh, the, the thing about the Ten Commandments is to realize that the Ten Commandments were a collection of many. They were a summary of many. Remember in Deuteronomy, the Lord gives Israel a huge list of guidelines. Then in Moses, he summarizes them to 10 and brings them down to 10. And then um, in the New Testament, Jesus actually brings it to one, the love. You see what I'm saying? So throughout scripture, you see it being simplified, being simplified. Uh, but the greatest love the Lord your God uh, and of course love God's people. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Love God, love others. That's the greatest. Yeah. Yes, someone else, what have you been learning this week? What is... Uh, what is the progress? And pastor, I have a question. Have. I have yes. a question, Pastor. Uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday you said, Je- you was telling us who Jezebel connect to first. And you said that she connect to people who consider themselves insecure, weak, emotionally vulnerable people who will help everybody. And my question is, because she's a master teacher, do she connect to those people because she feels superior over them? Yes. Okay. So Jezebel is fueled by overpowering the weak. By overpowering the weak. Remember, even the men we spoke about, it's not just that they are, there are some who are just easily manipulated because of their just nature. Uh because of the nature that they, the way they are. Ahab was a king who chose Jezebel and Jezebel just came and ruled everything. 
because Ahab was not strong, was not strong. So both men and women, there is a weakness, weakness that the spirit of Jezebel looks for. Um, and of course, that weakness is what they exploit. Weakness is emotional, but weakness is also conditional. Remember I said, someone is coming out of hospital, Jezebel will, will be right there. It's like, it's like let, me, let me get you in favor this time. You know, uh, if it's children, it's, uh, it's during ceremonies and birthdays, they, they, they make the biggest shows. Does that answer the question? Yes, sir. But I have part two of that. So my question is, you know, you talked about um, the temperance. I, everybody have different personalities. Yes. How do you balance that with, um, how do you balance that and not cross over? I guess I can put it like this. So let's say if you kind of quiet, you kind of timid. Pragmatics. You know, yeah, your, your t personality. But let's say you come into the knowledge of who you are and, and, you know, you trying to, you know, do whatever needs to be done in ministry. And I'm talking, this is a ministry question. And then once you do that, then you have people that say, oh, she's a Jezebel. I, I asked that because it happened to me. Mm -hmm. So she's a Jezebel because she came into the knowledge of who she is. And now she knows what to look for. So what do you, how do you, how do you balance that, you know, as far as your personality with that being, I guess, crossing over to that spirit? Yeah, you know, most, by the way, when you teach about Jezebel, most women will somehow see themselves there because Jezebel is so inclined to women, right? Mm -hmm. But the questions you have to ask yourself is, do I have rebellion in my life? Okay. If you're married, are you submitted to your husband or are you always lashing your husband with your words? Okay. Are you submitted to authority or are you a rebel? You know, if you have to examine the list that we went through yesterday and say, are these things I see in my life? Okay. Because there are people who, there are people who when authority wrongs them, they yeah. make a mess of things. Like they are, you can tell this person is, literally just going against authority. And it goes back to the list, the gifts, the lunches, the meetings, okay. all these things, and all that surrounds bringing down authority. All those are signs of, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, uh, of, of witchcraft. So you examine okay. yourself and say, you know what? This is an area I need to grow in. Okay. This is an area I need to I need to grow in. Before, remember, we say there are depths. There are depths. It's not mm -hmm. just you don't just wake up one day and you're fully in. It's just depths, like slowly. So you hear people who say you hear people who say things like, "Oh, I've been I've been around for a minute, so I know how this works." Right. And what right. they're saying is, "I'm deep in this thing. I'm deep in it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm deep in it." You get what I'm saying? Yes, uh, I know I know how rebellion works. What you're saying is you're a master. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Okay. You're a master. Thank that's you. that's all it says. And the truth is, especially in the American church, this is not taught because many pastors are afraid of offending women. 
They are afraid mm-hmm. of offending assistant pastors because a lot of male assistant pastors, if they are not well aligned with submission and humility, they begin rebelling with this wickedness. But the truth is, I believe it. If you teach believers, their eyes are open and they sure. always will do the right thing and identify spirits. People who are genuine will be quick to repent. They'll be quick to say, you know what? I know better mm-hmm. now and I've made a mistake there and I repent and I Amen. get things right. The problem okay. with Jezebel, Jezebel doesn't want to repent. Doesn't want to repent. Jezebel does not want to repent. The, Jezebel is convinced that how they are is how things should be. Amen. Yeah. Someone else. Pastor, does, does pride run alongside Jezebel? Oh, yes. But it's hidden. Remember, it's hidden. Okay. Jezebel says, I'm trying to help you. I, it ain't about me here. Ahab, I'm trying to make you better. Thyatara, I'm trying to help you. But Jezebel will not help you how you want to be helped. We'll help you how Jezebel wants to help you. Are you are you are you seeing this the depths of this teaching and how effective it is? It's like Jezebel. If if you're blinded to it, you'll think Jezebel is the best person. But the truth is, Jezebel will do things their way. I'm trying to help you, but I'm doing things my way. You try to tell Jezebel, no, this is how I want things handled. Nope, they'll do it their way. I learned yesterday, Pastor, that seduction is the soothing of emotional weakness. Soothing of emotional weakness, seduction. Oh, seduction. And seduction is, church, don't forget these words, intoxicating. It's intoxicating. You're depressed. You talk to somebody who's a rebel. Then all of a sudden you feel better. The claws are just getting deeper. They're getting deeper. They're getting deeper. It, it, is, in, it is like endorphins are released but but you you've just been seduced it's a deception it's a deception it's a, the the biblical version of seduction is when ministering spirits minister to the saints remember you as a believer should be responding spiritually and with spiritual wisdom and the the, the spirit of the lord should be guiding our decisions our responses that is what should give us peace we get peace because we obeyed. We get peace because we did things God's way. Not, I was hurting and I was in pain and somebody soothed me. It's not like that for believers. Yeah. Can you elaborate more about generational curses and how you can disconnect? Dismantling generational curses. That is a whole um, teaching on its own. The first level of generational curses is to identify them. First of all, you identify that they exist. How do you identify? I've taught you about demonic seasonality. Do you remember that? Demons are cyclical and seasonal. You're going to deal with the same thing over and over. If your problem is uh, social media, it's the same cycle. The devil has no new tricks. If it's alcohol temptation, same cycle. The moment you identify the things that you deal with, you now look at your generation and figure out who else or where did this come from? What did daddy deal with? What did mommy deal with? 
and now you put security and guards around you, you raise up a hedge. Like if, you're, if your parents dealt with divorce, when you get in marriage, be extreme, of course, everyone should be extremely aware, but be, be extra vigilant, not just in your words, but in your actions to make sure that you preserve the marriage. Don't use words like divorce when talking to your spouse, if that's something your family deals with. You know, if your children deal with certain sicknesses, begin praying against them and rebuking them. Also, generational curses will always require seasons of separation. You cannot be delivered from Egypt while living in Egypt. You can't. You can't. You can't. There are times you have to separate yourself from the people you know, the people you're connected to. Like, you got to tell mom, hey, we're going to be talking on weekends or nights and weekends. Remember when AT&T had free nights and weekends? You tell mom, that's, that's, that's your time. Free nights and weekends, we can talk. But the rest of the day, I need to work on me. And that will give you the freedom. Because again, generational curses, if you're not separated, you cannot be delivered from Egypt while living in Egypt. It doesn't work that way. So you, you, you have to create boundaries. You have to create boundaries. Amen? And once you've created those boundaries, connect yourself to a new spiritual family. You know, sometimes, most of the time, majority of the time, your church family is stronger than sometimes your natural. Yeah, it is. It is stronger than your natural family. So connect to spiritual people. I have a question. I have a family member that uh, she was, well, it's my sister. She was in the faith uh, for some years, but she left the faith to go um, to practice, um, I guess, following after the ancestors and um, things like that. And I want to know, I know the Bible says some things you don't pray about. And I, I also know it talks about, you know, people leaving from us because they were never really. So I want to know how you pray for a sister that has left and she's like, hey, you do it your way and I'm going to do it this way. So number one, I think people like that, you always walk in love. Love will will. Uh, bring them to repentance. But also remember, love and truth come together. Aye. You still have to tell them truth. You still have to tell them, uh, you know, about Jesus Christ. And then finding, finding times where if they are, you know, when people go to other gods, those other gods are powerless. They don't heal. They don't bring joy. They don't so the, the family members will reach out once in a while for real power because they know. And when they do, it's time for deliverance. It's times for deliverance. They, they don't, don't ever think all these other gods are powerless gods. They are not like our God. People will act like, oh, they, they are real, they are this, but they know. They know deep down. So continuously loving them, continuously praying for them. And then, of course, in secret, in secret, binding those spirits, binding those spirits and coming against those spirits and going before God and saying, Lord, I don't want any of my families to go to hell. Your word says you desire no one to perish. Save them. Save them. Amen. Just be mindful. There are two categories of people, the believers and non-believers. 
if you're yoked with an unbeliever, you open doors to manipulation. You open doors to, uh, to those things happening. I have a very close family member who I know clearly they have uh, backslidden from faith. And I cannot continue to, to be as close and, as, as I used to because I know what wicked people do to believers. It's going to lead to manipulation. So I have to be very mindful, you know. I hope that answers the question. It does. Thank you. Amen. Pastor, you know, uh, we spoke that the Jezebel is a governmental spirit, you know, and uh, the Bible says what happened in the beginning will happen in the end. And so I started thinking about all the things that you said about Jezebel, that Jezebel will look to rule over God's people. Yes. So. Um, Revelation and over chapter Christian, two, and over a Christian nation. Yep. And you also said that Jezebel is always looking for a, a controlling environment yep. to control yep. without being involved. Yep. So I think that as Christians, and we put on our hat of discernment, we can see in these end times how that is trying to come up against us in nations, and yeah, that we need to put. Go ahead. And that we need to uh, put uh, unify against that as Christians, that 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 controlling governmental spirit over nations will break. You know, Firebrand was praying it this morning and to yeah. have mercy. And yes. so uh, that that we would break that power as a unified that it will not come over us as Jezebel, because Jezebel wants to rule from a different place over God's yeah. people. And we got to break that authority. Amen. You know, one thing that that is very prevalent in this generation is this, this idea of women liberation and women power. I have nothing against empowering women, nothing against it. My, my mother is uh, the next governor of Nairobi and she runs is. a mega ministry. But you will never see her uh, disrespect the bishop who is over her. My mother went to Vala Christian College, very well connected and honoring Pastor Parsley. Our whole mm -hmm. family is well aligned. But when these movements begin to promote a separation, it's like let women separate and let them get their own power. That is where the demonic powers come in. I, I want you to look through history, not just what Pastor Evans says. Anywhere where there has been uh, a women gathering and them going on their own and doing all these things on their own. What comes out of that? It, it never produces. It never produces anything that uh, that 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 results in anything fulfilling. So what ends up happening is the Bible tells us Revelation chapter two that Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel, will try connect to church leaders who are weak but they will rule in secret. They are the ones who rule, but they are trying to rule through the weakness yeah. of church leaders. Amen. Are you understanding me? So they, yes, become begins to devalue that man. Now, Pastor Evans, how do we know when it's Jezebel? I've defined all that, the rebellion and all those things. But how should I, as a woman, operate in my gifts and my anointings and my power without weakening myself in an environment without walking into the spirit of Jezebel. Look at my wife. Look That's right. Wife. Amen. Look That's at my right. Wife. 
My wife is not restricted. Even in our ministry, women are not restricted, but are women well aligned? They are. They are. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's not a devaluing of your power. It goes back to authority. Jezebel wants to destroy the prophets, destroy the gifts, destroy destroy the anointings. Wants to destroy Jesus' Christ's order. Amen. Amen. And and Jezebel is the predecessor of the full manifestation of the Antichrist. Yeah. Amen. That spirit, yes. Yep. The full manifestation of the Antichrist. One one thing that, and God will Mm -hmm. will free me in America to do it. Uh, I I do it a lot in Kenya, talk about governments and and principalities and powers in government. Uh, America is, is, the church is not as mature yet to discuss government issues without people taking offense. But these spirits, Freemasonry, uh, Jezebel, all those, they operate in government so much. The issues of race, issues of women, women, uh, women empowerment, they're just used as pawns by demonic spirits to continuously divide the people. All right, someone else. Can I say one more thing? Yes. I just wanted to say that this was a powerful statement you said. Honor brings a level of breakthrough. Honor for the altar and the priest of the altar. It just, it makes you... It makes you aware that as you do this, you do it because it brings breakthrough in your own prayer life and your own what you're doing. You don't do it because you've been asked to do it. You can see of the right order of it yeah. and that it will bring breakthrough in all of your prayers and what you've been uh, fasting for and what you, God has been telling you. You, go, you get you honor prayer and fasting brings yeah. breakthrough. And I Amen. think you people people need to try it. Amen. Try it. They need to try it. Try it. If you if you're naturally rebellious, try. Tell God for the next 12 months, I am fully submitting. I'm fully submitting and see what happens. You know, these things are, are so fundamental to Christian living. So fundamental. So fundamental. When when America was operating in divine honor, miracles were in this country. The moment the ministers and the preachers became brother so-and-so and, uh, and all this nonsense mixed in the church. So their power went. They became powerless because Amen. honor left the door. Amen. You, Someone else. Well done, well done, well done. Good points. Pastor, along, along those lines, I don't have a question, but I do have a comment. As you were mm-hmm. talking about just women empowerment, I did like start thinking about just kind of the, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, successful women around me and how we kind of get really caught up in just women empowerment. But God spoke to me and said, like the teachings, what you have been teaching us is real women empowerment. If I've ever seen it, taught us how to identify the spirits that have been attacking us for as a as women as people in general but you specify like the ones that attack women and how to get breakthrough how to manifest breakthrough in those areas and i think that that's something that we as a body should never overlook how you it's not like you're against some of these things you're not against empowering women 
you're teaching us the, the way to do it, the kingdom mindset to manifest it as opposed to the way the world tells us to do it. So I just right. want to make that comment and just thank you for that. I, I feel so every time I listen to your teaching. Amen. Amen. I, I really want, I want you to pray something specifically. There's a message I wrote last year in June. The Lord took me in the spirit for about uh, one and a half weeks. And I wrote a letter to my daughters. And it was the things that women need to watch for as they are growing in power, growing in influence, and growing in, in, in their marriages, in their callings. And it's exactly what you've just said has reminded me of that. I'm not against women. That is actually empowerment. When you realize the traps that the devil sets and the things, that is actually the empowerment. And, uh, and I, I really need prayers that God gives me the perfect timing. What I've thought, the, the way I've thought about doing it is I'll do a registration conference. Everyone who registers must be a daughter of the house because I don't want anyone just offended and misunderstanding me. You know, I don't want that to be misunderstood. And we have a meeting and I just teach line by line about Ruth, about Deborah, about Eve, about like the things that are common to women, the Bible says. And I, I pray, pray that God releases and says, this is the perfect time. And whether we have 10 women, so be it, they'll walk in their power. Whether we have 20, but just a time with daughters and say, hey, daughters, be mindful about these things. And if you guard yourself against these things, you walk in power. You walk in authority. You walk in, in, uh, in, in power. You know, one, one of the things, and then we'll move on, is um, the Bible tells us about the woman who was married to the fool. Her husband was a fool. And David comes, and, uh, and of course, the husband disrespects David. And then what ends up happening is she goes and saves the household. But she saved the household, but the mistake she did after saving the household is she did not save her husband and cover him. Now the husband ended up being, uh, 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 being lost and taken care of, and then the lady ended up marrying David. Now when she married David, she was now one of about uh, 50 plus concubines and wives. So do you want to be the husband of a fool or one of the concubines of a king. That's mm -hmm. a choice women have to take. Sometimes dealing with the foolishness of your husband is better than, anyway, I'm getting into it and there's, there's, we're in a different topic. But things like that, the, the, the way women should just open their mind to, to realize life is about making the best of two bad decisions. It's the best of two bad decisions and you just gotta choose. Anyway. Uh, pray, pray, and God will release that someone this year or next year, and it will bless very many women. Or I make it a private selling book. You you buy it by your membership. Hallelujah. Anyway, <laughs> glory to God. Amen. Uh, someone else. Pastor, I got one more question about these books. Okay, you were saying to get one uh, by Andrew Murray. What was the name of that? And then the one by Charles Finney. Oh, In Prayer with Andrew Murray. In a School of Prayer with Andrew Murray. Of course, any books with Andrew Murray is good. Uh, Finney, 
is letters to his students on revival. That, that is a powerful, powerful reading. And I actually have one of the original manuscripts someone gave me as a birthday present. I value it. Okay, thank you. And Pastor, Charles Finney has taught me a lot about church governance. Uh, I'm teaching leaders, I'm teaching a group now on lay leadership and a lot of how Finney led is in there. So church leadership and things like that. If you want to understand how I lead, those are the people you read. Okay, someone else. Pastor, my coworker just wanted me to um, thank you and to let you know how much these teachings has really opened her eyes and understanding to this spirit. And she wanted to ask me to just really thank you for that. Yes. Amen. Next. Pastor, real quick, this question is, can you please explain the difference between enemies and the devil? Because a lot of times, you know, our brothers and sisters are not the devil. Right. And so I hear a lot of times where if something do someone do something to you or somebody offend you, the first thing that come out of our mouth is she ain't nothing but the devil. And I think that is just, that's not good. I just want to know so how can you explain between an enemy and a devil? That's, that's, that's very good. The Bible tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Yes, sir. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, right? Yes. But also realize that demons use people. Demons yes. use people. Okay. You should be able, you should be very okay in your heart to say, "Hey, you're you're my brother, you're my sister." But right now, get behind me, devil. Jesus okay. told one of his disciples, okay. "Get behind me, devil." What okay. you're saying is <laughs> devilish. Are you understanding? Yes, and sir. You must be able to identify. Jesus was sitting with Peter on the table. I want you to realize Jesus called Peter in one statement, <laughs> in yes. one conversation. He called him the rock. He said, you're uh -huh. the rock and the uh -huh. gates of hell shall not prevail. And in the next one, same, said, same conversation, <laughs> said, get behind me, Satan. You understand? Okay. So yes, it's important for you to go through teachings like this so you can identify when people are being used by devils. Okay. However, there are people who are the enemy of the cause of Jesus Christ. They uh -huh. are the enemy of Christ. And these people are coming in to try destroy the work that God is doing. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, people who are so full of religion. You're not, you ain't, this, this ain't somebody you're going to change their mind. This is okay. somebody who has decided that's how they are and they are coming to destroy. Those need okay. a strong shepherd and they need someone to kick them out. Amen. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you. Pastor, I have a question. How do you determine when the Jezebel spirit has you under attack when you say, well, Father, can you send me a wife? And then the, then next thing you know, women come to you, and how do you determine? And 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 nice women with good attitudes, you know, good <laughs> jobs, you know. Yeah. How do you determine whether you're dealing with a Jezebel and you're trying to <laughs> obey the God and, and, and trust in the Lord? Thinking, you I got you. you know I got saying? you. Okay. Yeah, I got now you. Now they answer. 
<laughs> so I think realizing Paul said, Paul said, do not think very highly of yourself. Don't think very highly of yourself. The deception of men is to think that, man, I got it. I got it. That's why I'm pulling like this, because I got it. You've got to sit back and realize that majority of the people who come to a person's life for marriage, for those levels of relationships, may be the wrong person. But how does it, how does the Bible tells, tell us to choose a wife? You find someone who loves God. Before they love you, they are governed by God. You find somebody who has, within themselves, the Bible says, the two shall become one. Not the half and the half shall become a whole. You find somebody who already is walking in giftings and their callings. But you also see certain signs in you that complement who they are. For example, men, and, and I need to teach deeper in this, but I'm going to say this. Men are considered redeemers. Redeemers. Men bring a covering. Men bring a, a sense of security, a sense of strength to the lady. When you find a lady who you're aligned that way, then you begin to see the signs of God. And this is one thing I believe in, I stand in because it worked for me. Then you go to spiritual leadership and say, hey, pastor man, this thing, it looks like the food in the kitchen is getting ripe here. It's cooking nicely. I'm smelling spices. It looks like I'll be this, 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 this kitchen. This meal is, is, is almost ready. Pastor, what do you think? Look, look, at, look at this for me. You get what I mean? Like you, yeah. you have a conversation. The, then, and, and, and when that happens, you know, there are structures in the church. There's counseling. There's all that that brings, uh, brings to the stage of marriage. The dangers with us as men sometimes is we want to date in Christianity like we dated in the world. We want to date the body before we date the spirit and the soul. And it doesn't work that way. In, in scripture, you court. What is courting? What is courtship? Courtship is ministering to the other person's spirit. Courtship is where you're talking to their, to their soul and to their spirit to see there's a connection. It's more mental. It's more spiritual. And once the connection happens, then the body comes into play. You understand? So uh, I think just doing that is, is important. Not being led by the flesh. Does that answer the question? And, and men, don't, don't think highly of yourself. If, if you just even get that, we're good. I'm a rich. I know that. Amen. But, <laughs> but the second part to that question is, what if you married a woman in the church? Uh-huh. In my terms. I uh -huh. married... I married a woman that was in the church. Uh-huh. And divorce came. Uh-huh. So how, how did I allow myself to allow the spirit to destroy my family? Do you know majority of pastors do not teach on how marriage should be biblically? 
what what we have as a church is very unique and very different. Yes. If you listen to me in 99% of my sermons, I talk about marriages. Why? Because I know marriages are under attack. Because I know yes. they're under attack. But majority of pastors hide because you start talking about marriages, you're going to offend somebody because somebody's got to submit, right? So right. there are things that we have to say, I just didn't know better. I just didn't know better. And now uh, I know better. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I didn't know better then. I, I, I had, I, there are mistakes I made, but I'm not going to dwell in my mistakes. I'm going to leave those under the blood. I'm going to leave them washed, sanctified under the blood. Yes. Amen. Like if, if you look at my life and I, I don't hide anything, I, by the age of 18, coming out of 18, I had a, a young daughter, a baby, and I, I was making crazy mistakes. I just didn't know better. But now that I've been given the knowledge, I'm not going to keep having kids with everybody. I'm just going yeah. to do better because I know better. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And let me tell the men this, and even the, the, the women. A woman who honors and loves God is worth more than rubies. Amen. A man who honors and loves God is worth more than rubies. Don't ever let your singlehood or the mistakes you've made in your past tell you you ain't worth nothing. Nope. Don't let it. Don't ever. As long as you love God, it's worth more than rubies. And let me tell all the women something who are married, something to ask your husbands or to look at in your husbands every, every couple of months. The Bible says in Proverbs 31, I don't know how this ended up being marriage conference. The, the Bible says in, <laughs> we must be coming up to single mingle and we're going to have a great time at single mingle. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> the, the, Proverbs 31, the Bible says that the husband, the husband trusts in her. Look at this statement. I want to read it for you. Uh, the Proverbs 31 woman is the ideal wife, an ideal uh, woman. And it's important when you go out on a date and men can start the conversation, the Bible says she's not afraid. She's not afraid. Verse 23, her husband is not at the gate. Uh, strength and honor are her clothing and her children rise up and call her blessed. But look at, look at, the, look at what the Bible says about her husband. Let me find it here. Thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 11. Proverbs 31, verse 11. This is the measure of the marriage. The measure of the marriage. The Bible says in verse 11, and remember Proverbs 31 was written by a woman. The Bible says the heart, the heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he, he shall have no need of spoil. The heart of the husband does safely trust in her, so he shall have no need of spoil. He shall have. Does your husband's heart safely trust in you? That's, that's it's, 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 it's the greatest sign. Not does he make noise, 
not does he do this does he do this does he does he give me flowers does men can give flowers because of obligation men will build a house because of obligation there are men who will do things because they were raised that way i'm going to give my family a house not because my wife is a good wife it's just cuz that's 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 what i do as a man whether you live with who and who but does does your husband's heart trust trust safely does he feel safe does he trust it's a measure of a good marriage the uh, never forget proverbs 31:11 the the heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil what is the measure of a good husband the measure of a good husband is does your wife feel genuine safe and secure love that is it safety in marriage is a great sign of the condition of the marriage we we need to close for today is there someone else with a burning question and i'm giving you a few points in 3 minutes and we are done hey pastor yep let's say um that um basically you helped identify witchcraft let's say that you believe that a curse has been placed upon you how mm. what are the steps on breaking um that curse um our freedom it, all freedom for christianity comes from the cross of calvary the new birth the new birth experience breaks all curses so the curse could already be broken what you need to do is learn how to walk in that authority mm. now how do i walk in authority what do i mean malachi chapter 3 every christian should know that they are supposed to be tithers but for you to sustain the authority of the tithe you got to pay your tithe the moment you stop tithing you open doors for curse to come in not that you're cursed but you open the door for the curse to come in so we have a lot of authority and a lot of finished the bible calls it the finished work of christ but i've always taught i taught you this the finished work of christ is like today the senate and the local government makes a law but doesn't put the police in the streets to enforce the law the law ain't going to be followed right because right. people are going to do what people do so the finished work of christ is jesus has already redeemed us and freed us from the curse but we must govern we must police our lives by instituting these things so tithing watching the words of your mouth um walking in in your god given authority the bible says that that he who draws back his sword in the time of war is cursed you cannot be called to be a leader in the church called to do work in church and you're not working it and expect things to go well you know the bible talks about the blessing so to answer your question to overcome the curse just and don't do it from a works standpoint it is how christians operate operate in what god has called you to do amen but christ has redeemed us from all the curses from all wickedness and um and 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 he's perfected it amen i'm talking about uh redemptive curses of course there are some in the body that 
keep going on, like that this, this body keeps getting old and those things which are part of the curse. Amen? Even though Jesus died, we are still getting old. But those are body. Those are not, those are body. Those are not spiritual and soul. Amen? Amen. All right. I think that's it. Let me give you final, final thoughts. These are pastors' final thoughts on overcoming Jezebel. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. These are final thoughts. Look at verse 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou hast suffered that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. That's where we left. Let's go to 21. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Jezebel doesn't repent. Behold, I will cast her into a bed. Jezebel is cast into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her, Jezebel's teachers, students, Jezebel's disciples, the people who commit adultery with her and listen to her voice, uh, into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. The students are also given time to repent. Uh, and I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the rain at the reins of the heart, and will give unto every one of you according to your works. According to your works. Next. But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you no other burdens. So people who overcome the spirit of Jezebel, the Lord will put no other burden upon us. Church, when we are aware of this spirit and we keep it at bay in the church, in our families, in our lives, we operate freely. You're free to make money. You're free to grow the church. You're free to raise great marriages. You know, if you marry somebody who's gone through such teachings, it brings a sense of freedom. The warfare is over. Are you understanding? So these teachings remove the burdens, and we're going to be praying that. I'm going to be praying these scriptures over you here shortly. And then it says, but that which you have already hold fast. God says, hey, you guys have already won the victory. Just keep the victory. You've identified Jezebel. You've identified these wicked spirits. Now just keep that victory. Hold fast. And the Bible says, and he that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him I will give power over the nations, and he shall rule over them with a rod of iron. When Jezebel has been broken, establish rulership, rule. And that word rule is the same one that is used about a bishop. A bishop is a man who rules over his house. It's a word of humility and also a word of leadership. Amen. Rule over with a rod of iron, strength in leadership. And the vessels of a potter shall they, uh, shall they be broken to shivers, even as I have received of my father. 
and I will give him the morning star. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. My final thoughts are this. The moment you identify Jezebel, realize that will always be there. But your life will be full of so much peace and so much gladness because now you know where the gaps and the holes are, where the devil comes from. So these teachings, they're on my podcast. They're going to be put on YouTube. They're going to be online. Make it a habit every couple of months. Go back and listen to this over and over and over. I also, you know, I'm a love, I love books. I'm a lover of books. Great book. Here. Here. Great book. It says, Unmasking the Jezebel Spirit. Unmasking the Jezebel Spirit. Now, it does not go into the depths that we went into. It does not go into the depths that we went into. And it is written more, I want to say more Western, more American. It's more nice, nice. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's very nice, nice. <laughs> but, but it will help. It will help somewhere. Get it. And every three or four months, listen to the teachings and listen to the, the and, and get that book. And of course, when I release my book, you get it also and continue listening to this. Let me bless you. Let me bless you with the blessings of Revelation chapter 2. Father, we thank you that you're raising up Elijah. Your word says that Elijah should anoint Elisha. Today, with the stretching of my hands, I raise up the prophetic gifts that see and identify Jezebel from a distance. I also raise up Nimshi and Jehu to destroy these works of Satan in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we stand on Revelation chapter 2 and declare that as you told the church in Thyatira, you're telling Eternal Life Harvest Center today, you're telling Firebrand Nation, you're telling GM, you're telling the global ministries that are under our care. Thank you, Lord, that you've seen our patience, you've seen our charity, you've seen our service, you've seen our faith, and you've seen our works. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord, that we have taken our space to repent. We repent of any area we've operated in these spirits. We repent of any area we've opened doors for these spirits. We ask you, Lord, to forgive us. We come against the ways of Jezebel. She refused to repent. This spirit refused to repent. For us, we repent. We ask you to forgive us and we receive your forgiveness, my God. And right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we declare Revelation chapter 2, verse 24. And to us, you say that us who have who don't have this doctrine, you say you will not put any more burdens on us. We thank you, my God, that no more burdens in relationships, no more burdens in, in our marriages, no more burden in the church, no more burden of, of fighting with witchcraft and wizardry in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, my Father, that we are going to hold fast to the truths which we have received. And we thank you, Lord. I call 
call everybody an overcomer. You overcome by the blood. You overcome by the testimony. You overcome by power in the name of Jesus Christ. And lift up your hands. I declare you receive power of the nations. You receive power of the nations. The only reason why Jezebel rules is because real, real authority has given up their throne. Today we refuse to give up our throne. We refuse to give up the seat of God. We refuse to give up the throne in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I speak to every lady. Step into the power that God has given you. I speak to every mother. Step into the power that God has given you. I speak to every daughter. Step into the power that God has given you. I speak to every man. Step into the power that God has given you. I speak to every son. Step into the power that God has given you. I speak to every, every husband. Step into the power that God has given you. Where there is order, the Lord commands a blessing. The Lord will command a blessing over the order of God's family, over the order of God's house, over the order of everything that God has established in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. May the blessing of nations be upon you in Jesus' mighty name. May you receive the power to declare to the nations in the name of Jesus Christ. May you receive the power to establish godly authority and to dethrone a godly authority in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And right now I release, I release the rulership anointing, the anointing to lead, the anointing to rule. I release the anointing of Revelation chapter 2, verse 27. Receive it now. Lift up your hands and receive it. I release the anointing of the rod of iron. Receive the rod of iron. Receive the rod of iron, mommy. Receive the rod of iron, daddy. Receive the rod of iron, son. Receive the rod of iron, daughter. You walk in your authority. You walk in your power. Your words receive power. Your your thoughts receive power. Your actions receive power. Everything you do, you do it in power. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, receive the rod of iron. Receive the vessel to break the potter's clay, the vessels to break the potter's clay, every idol worship pot, every pot of idol worship, I release the Gideon anointing, the anointing to bring down Baal, the anointing to bring down Asherah, I declare for your children, they will never serve other gods, your children will never bow down to Baal, your children will never bow down to Asherah, your children will never bow down to wickedness, today in the mighty name of Jesus, we put a hook on their nose, a bridle in their mouth. Any children that are not in the kingdom, we draw them back with a rod. We draw them back with a rod. We draw them back with a rod. All our siblings who are out of the faith, we draw them back with a rod. We draw them back with a rod in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and release the blessing of God. We release the blessing of the family. We release the blessing of the family over each and every one of you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and now receive everything that Christ gave of the Father. Receive peace where depression was. Receive joy where sadness was. Receive dancing where heaviness was in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands. I declare 
Revelation chapter 2, verse 28. Receive the morning star. Receive the morning star. Receive the morning star. Receive the morning star that you shine brighter. That you shine brighter. You shine in your calling. You shine in your gifting. You shine in your anointing. You shine in power. In the mighty name of Jesus. Walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it to the glory and to the honor of the almighty God. To the glory and to the honor of the almighty God. You rule. You rule. You rule. The morning star represents generational ruling. Your morning star represents a mark over the family. Receive rulership over your family. Receive generational anointings. Generational curses are broken. Generational anointings established in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Put your hands and bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. I truly believe you have been blessed. If you have enjoyed this episode and would like to join Firebrand Nation, the movement, connect with us on social media at Firebrand Nation. Go to our website at www.firebrandnation.com. Remember, alone I'm a flame. Together we are a fire. Like, share, and distribute this so that others could be blessed. God bless you.